Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. I want to speak to you from in t- on two levels. One is the church, but secondly is individuals. And what happens a lot of times with, uh, with individuals is we don't think, you know, we're able. We, ha- we play a little bit of the victim. And, and it, is a, it is a curse that the devil wants to put on you to say, no, no, others can do something, but you've got to sit down. And you've got to shut up. And you can't. And you're nothing. And you came from nothing. And it, whatever it is he can get you to buy into, he will. But the fact of the matter is, and the title of my message today, I don't know if we can put that up there, but the, the fact of the matter is, you guys, you are giants. You are giants. And when you come to the Lord and God puts you into the family of God, you now are in the family of God, capital G-O-D. You are in the family of God. He will bring out of you what he put into you. God makes you giants. You're not little. You're not nothing. You're not... Uh, you know, unable or incapable or somebody else could do something great, but not you. I want you to know it is a lie from the pit of hell. God wants you to know, no, it's you. Step up. Don't be an ordinary church. Don't be an ordinary person. Now, I'm not here to, I'm not here to be a cheerleader. I am here to tell you the word of God. I'm not here just to, just to puff you up or whatever. I'm here to change your mind. Because this is what salvation is. Salvation takes us from where we used to be and what we used to think. And God put something new on us to say, you know something? Something needs to be done here. Something giant needs to happen here. And we're the ones that can do it. Can you say amen? You might not feel that right now, but I'm telling you something. It's going to come. It's going to happen. Your mind is going to change over time. The word of God is going to wash you. And it's going to change you. And it's going to layer on top one after another faith on top of faith until you start to understand, you know something? God has a calling on my life. He has a calling on this church. He has brought us together to do something great. Do not be an ordinary church. Because God made you to be extraordinary. God made you to be supernatural. Can you say amen? But this is not arrogance. This is not pride. This is truth in the sense that God wants you to be extraordinary. It's not arrogance. Sometimes it kind of comes across like that because you feel like you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Somebody else might see that as arrogance. It is not. You are supposed to be the giant God called you to be. Would you turn to somebody and tell them I'm supposed to be a giant? Turn to your neighbor and tell them I'm supposed to be a giant. He's going to be preaching about me this morning. I'm supposed to be a giant. You know, it's so funny. I was, in, uh, I was in the Providence Public Library, and I was looking up some things and doing some research and so forth. This was a few years ago. And uh, I, I went across to McDonald's to, uh, to get a bite to eat there. And I go up to the counter, and I'm, I'm right and ready to order. And I notice this person next to me is like this towering person. I look next to me, and this person is way up there. This per- I, I felt bad for him. I'm like, man, nobody looks like this. 
Like, I, like you talk about sticking out. I mean, oh my goodness. I'm looking at the guy like, oh my goodness. Look at this guy. And I turn around and there's another guy. He's like this. He's bigger than the first guy. I look around. These guys are giant around me. I, obviously, there, there was a, um, um, the Big East conference or something like that was in Providence and these were basketball players from North Carolina or South Carolina or something anyway the whole basketball team was in there at McDonald's and so and and, and so I went from looking like oh, you're an idiot to 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 feeling like oh hi I felt weird I felt like what happened to my body I'm looking around at these people normal was way up there and so it was my turn to order, and all these guys are around. And I'm telling you something, I was intimidated. And so I tried to use the biggest, manliest voice. You know, like, uh, I go, I'll have a Happy Meal and a small fry. Do you have a mini Coke, a mini, mini Sunday? These other guys are like, four Big Macs, that's it. They were sitting at the table. Their knees were coming up past the table. They were, they were eating their hamburgers like this. These guys were giants. I'm telling you something. It was amazing. What was so funny is that I felt like I was a little guy because these guys were all giant. But I want you to know, God makes you the giant. God makes you the giant. And so we learn about giants in the Bible. And, and the funny thing about giants in the Bible is that they are, they are introduced and identified to us so that we can see those are the ones that we easily defeat. Those are the ones we easily defeat. There are giants in the land. You know, there were giants in the promised land. And the Israelites were like me at McDonald's. They said, we're just grasshoppers. But the fact of the matter is, if you read the Bible, the backstory is those people were deathly afraid because of these people that were carrying around tents in the desert. They said, if they come here, we're done. You don't realize who you are. You don't realize, you know, what you carry. So you need to get this thinking out of your mind that you're nothing and you can go nowhere and can't accomplish anything. And I want you to know something. This church is big time in this region and you just don't need, you just don't know it. You just don't know it. You need to hit that TV program and hit the gas. Don't back up. Just go for it. Say whatever it is you need to say on that television program. Amen. You're not the little church that doesn't want to offend anybody. What do I think about, you know, you guys just living together? Well, you know, hey, you know, look, the Bible is vague when it comes to anything called sin. So I can't tell, and I don't know, we don't know, we don't know anything. I love the fact that you say, we're going to start a television program. You guys need to, you know, step up and, and, and bring an offering to it, because we need, we need awesome cameras. We need awesome camera operators. We need great lenses. You know, when we first started on Fox and ABC... Uh, we went to the people at ABC and we said, um, we'd like to come in and, and, and shoot some commercials at your studio and everything. And the guy said, can I tell you something? Your cameras are way better than ours. I said, well, that's the way it should be. You know, bring your game up a little bit. Amen? Bring your game up. Our television program, on a regular basis, had better ratings than Good Morning America on Sunday morning. You know? So I'm telling you something, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. I want to, I want to turn in uh, the book of Hebrews. This is about faith. We'll look at the real giants. This is about faith. If we could put that verse up in Hebrews, it says this. 
here, here the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, there, 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 there's Noah and there's Abraham and there's Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all these great giants in the Bible. And, and this person is saying, faith makes you giant. Don't back up, but be giant in God. And so he says, and what more, what more can I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets and so many more. And all the prophets like Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all these big men, big men, giants in the Bible. But he's listing our heritage here. You understand your heritage is in the Bible. Who through faith conquered kingdoms. They didn't get conquered by everything else that was coming down the pike. They conquered the kingdom. Amen. You're in here to conquer. So things are going to fall down when you guys show up. Conquer kingdoms, administer justice. This isn't right. We're going to make it right. And gain what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions. No, 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 no. The lions are so big. The lions are so bad. The lions are so mean. The lions are so hungry. The lions have big teeth. The lions, the lions, they shut the mouth of the lions. Can you say amen? Amen. Stop letting the devil tell you how big everything else is. Amen. Shut the mouth of the thing. I don't, mind, I don't mean to yell so much, but quench the fury of the flames and escape the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies, routed foreign armies. What are the enemies that are foreign that should not be in your life, should not be in your family, should not be in this city, shouldn't be in this region? What are the foreign armies that need to step up and get knocked down by the people of God who are sent to administer justice. I want you to know, you're not just planting a church here. You're sent here. You're sent here to administer justice. God has a plan for you guys. So giants have some certain traits. And I want to list some of the traits that giants have. And and some of you guys might have some of these traits. And when they do, just turn to the person next to you and say, I got that trait. I got that trait. That's that's me right there. But here, here are some of the traits that you will see uh, in these giants. Number one, they stand out in a crowd. They stand out in a crowd. It's like, it's like those guys at McDonald's. A giant stands out in a crowd. Turn to the person next to you and say, I stand out in a crowd. You know, every time i still wearing that Hawaiian shirt, I look like John Tavolta. <laughs> yeah, you're bad style. You stand out in a crowd. But I want you to know, uh, this, is, this is something that is, is, is inside you. It's inside you. You stand out in a crowd at your workplace. You stand out in a crowd in your family. You stand out in a crowd with the people that you're with. You stand out. You might not even know why, but there is a, there is a, there is a favor on you that God has put on you. You stand out. I want you to know. I saw one of the praise reports. The person got a promotion and double the pay and so forth. You know why? Because they stand out. They stand out. You stand up and you stand out. Number two, they're intimidating. And for good reason. They're intimidating. You can't help but be a giant and you can't help but intimidate. You need to let the devil know, I'm the one who intimidates. Amen? He tries to come to you with depression or suicidal thoughts. Or he tries to come to you with, with, with anger or lust and all this other stuff. You know something? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intimidate you. You're not going to intimidate me. I'm going to break this thing. You're not going to break me. Can you say Amen. And you know something, you start to get this little bit of attitude. When, you, when you're intimidating, 
You know, the biggest guys in a schoolyard, they don't have to, they don't have to push everybody around because they're the biggest guy in a schoolyard. But they do have an attitude. Like they know they're the biggest guy in a schoolyard, you know? That's what you should have. That's what you should have. You're going into a business deal, you're the biggest guy in a schoolyard. Amen? You're going to your workplace, you're the biggest guy in a schoolyard. You're the one who has it. You don't get shook. You're the one who prays. You're the one who brings the healing. You're the one who brings the word. You're the one who brings encouragement. You're not shook. You're not intimidated. Number three, and this is for all the wives that are in here, they don't lose a fight. This is a trait of giants, but also of wives. I heard one guy say, you know, in his house, every argument is won by his wife. These are the rules. Every argument is won by his wife, and she has the last word. Should you say something else after the fight is over, it is not part of that last fight. It is actually the start of a new fight. That one has been won. She had the last word. Now you're starting something new of which you will lose, and she'll have the last word on that. Amen. So, and all the wives said, you don't intimidate me. Anyway, what's so awesome about this is if you know you don't lose a fight, if you know you don't lose a fight, you, you, you begin to think differently. You begin to see situations differently. I know how this ends. We don't lose. I know how this ends. You know, you guys are getting ready to go into uh, Shaw's and, and, and make that place a beautiful church, the, the Shaw's Plaza and so forth. What's so awesome about um, this whole story is that uh, we were looking at, Pastor Marco, this was his dream to have a place central like that, beautiful, and there was like um, a, a part of Shaw's that we could take, about 30,000 square feet, which I said, I said to myself, man, that's huge, that is a, that's a giant chunk of space, 30,000 square feet, but then we offered them some ridiculously low number per, for square footage on that 30,000 square feet, and I'm thinking, there's no way they'll take that, but at least they'll negotiate. They, they took it. They took that low number for 30,000 square feet. So when they get ready to, to come, and I, I think they're going to counter offer with, with some other big, huge square footage number or whatever. When they get ready to counter and negotiate and so forth, we said, come meet us at the Smithfield campus. So all the Shaw's people and the, and, and the real estate people and the lawyers and so forth, they, they come to the Smithfield campus. We're standing literally in the, in the, uh, in the uh, reception area. And the person from Shaw's says this, and Pastor Marco's there with me. The person from Shaw's says this, listen... We want to give you the space. We will, we'll give it to you for that price. But we, what, what we want to do is give you 48,000 square feet, not the 30,000 square feet, for the same price. Can I tell you something? You win. You win. And when you know you win, everything is, you're calm about everything. Look, we had a fire. Somebody lit the, the corner of our building on fire. Can I tell you something? We're still in negotiations and going back fighting back and forth with the insurance company. I want you to know something, though. We win. We will win. Because that's just what happens with giants. They don't lose. I'm telling you this because you need to know that. When something is coming against you, I want you to know. You've got, you got to tell the Lord, Lord, you know me now. We win. We win. You're with me, God. You never lose a battle, God. We win. Can you say amen? We win. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to get nervous. I'm not going to get depressed. I lost my job. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to drive over the edge of the bridge. You know why? Because I know God has something better for me. I always win. I always win. I always win. You don't seem to be too nervous. 
I remember when we were getting ready to um, sell a piece of our land to Walmart. And they had offered two and a half million dollars. It's a long story. But anyway, they had offered us two and a half million dollars for this piece of land. We were going to move the church to a, to a back portion. And so the, the, the head, after we worked on this thing for a year, the head of Walmart uh, real estate calls me on the phone and says, Pastor Boyce, are you sitting down? And I said, yes. And he says, I have bad news for you. The entire deal is off. We can't offer you the two and a half million dollars. We're going to pull the plug on the entire project. You can have that piece of land, but we're out. Walmart is out. And I said, okay, well, thank you. And he says, you seem awfully calm. I said, well, you know why? I said, God has something better for us. I don't know what it is, but we win. We always win. So I'm not going to get panic stricken and I need to sit down and all this other stuff. You give it your best shot because we win. You know, I'm not saying that like this is some kind of fairy tale. I'm telling you guys, this is the truth. And I need to change your mind from where you're at right now. God has a special calling on you. You win. He's with you. You are not going to lose. Don't get over there with the losers. Yeah, it's always been in my family. And we've always been this. And we've always been that. And this is us. And it's just our lot in life. No, no. You got to stop saying that. You got to start to get over here with the word of God and say, hey, you know something? I am a giant in the things of God and I win. I win. Amen. And then number four, they know they're able to bring it. They know they're able to bring it. You guys are not going to be not able to do this television show. You're not going to be not able to impact New Bedford. You're not going to have the, the, the tide sway against you. No, no. Have a confidence to know we're able to bring it. We are able to bring it. Can you say amen? I remember when we were at, uh, we were at uh, the town council and all the big town council people are all up there like uh, the Pharisees and Caiaphas and everything. And they were looking down at Reverend Boyce. Why do you want to start a high school over there on that piece of property? Can I be honest with you, Reverend Boyce? We don't know what you people are going to do next. No, we, we, we don't know either. <laughs> we'll do something. And so he, he says, why don't you just, and he says this, he's looking at other town council members like, we've discussed this in the past about these people. <laughs> but why don't you just uh, sing some songs, uh, read the Bible, and, 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 and go home. Well, that's not what we want to do, okay? We want to start a high school. Oh, well, we have a high school. We, we, we know how to have a high school. We have a great high school. We'll do the high school. You read the Bible, go home. I say, yeah, but we want a school for Christian leaders. So you don't know how to do that, see? We want to change a nation. Amen. Well, you seem awfully confident. We win. We win. Amen? If God be for us, who can be against us? And then number five, everyone starts out as a little giant. And that's what I want to tell you guys. Listen, you might not have all the faith in the world right now, but you're growing. You you have to understand you're not normal. You're a little giant. You might not feel like you're you're bigger than everything else, but you'll grow. You'll get there. Your faith is going to be added to. Amen. Listen, don't don't be get discouraged that that you, you, you don't have all the faith in the world and you don't have all this confidence and you don't have all this fight in you. It'll grow on you. 
Amen. As you grow in the things of God, you're going to start to see your battles start to pile up. After a while, you're going to have to win after win after win. Amen. We all start off as little giants, but we're going to grow. The bad thing about giants and what I don't want to see happen is that uh, a lot of times giants can get around people who who have no faith. And, and, and pretty soon, even though the kid is, you know, 10 feet tall, he's thinking small. And I think sometimes as Christians, you can be 10 feet tall in the spirit or 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 or. or in, in, in regards to truth, you can be 10 feet tall, but you don't act like it. Your, your mind is small. Your thinking is small. And you're around other people. And I'll tell you something, church. Don't let other churches dictate who you're going to be or what you're going to look like or what you're going to do. Amen? Because you might get around a lot of other people that just want to shift it into neutral and go nowhere. I pray, I want to challenge this church that you guys need to understand Don't get around small-minded thinking, small-minded Christians. You can't do that. We shouldn't say that. We don't want to offend. We don't want to go there. We don't want to do this. Listen, we just want to sing a few songs, read a Bible verse, and go home. (laughs) Amen? So so get around some risk-takers. I want to turn in the Bible to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. We're going to put it up on the overhead. uh, So this way here, you don't have to rustle all your pages and, and everything or open your phone up, but in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, the great story about David meeting Goliath says, uh, is, is recorded there, but it says this, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp, and he was over nine feet tall. Actually, Bible commentaries think he's like over 10 feet tall even. This was the, this was the low. So funny that the interpreters of the Bible can't even believe it. I don't know. It's 10 feet tall. It's too tall. Let's just put over nine. Probably, it's probably 11 feet tall, but let's just put over nine, you know. No, he was a giant. He was, he was unmistakably a giant. But anyway, he's over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. I want you to notice that the Bible is acting like you. What's so cool about the Bible is the Bible puts on the mind of the, of the, of the unbeliever or it puts on the mind of the, of the small thinker, and it begins to sound like somebody describing a big problem. Sometimes when people have problems, they will describe the problem to a T. It it is this, and it's been that in all these years, and it's been 14 years and six months since so-and-so did this to me, and and they'll they'll list the whole thing. It's unbelievable the whole thing is listed out here. You don't hear anything about David. You know, he's a shepherd. Well, let me tell you about Goliath. Let me tell you, I can tell you all, every single detail about Goliath. He's over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor, a bronze weighing 5,000 shekels, 160 pounds. And on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. He's from Gath. His family's from Gath. All his brothers are from Gath. They're the Gath boys. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. It's like the UFC, you know, Bruce Buffer. And in this corner... Nine feet, nine inches tall. And his iron point weighed 600 shekels, folks. That's 18 pounds. A shield bearer went with him. And Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. He shouted. He shouted. Loud. This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Oh, I just want to make a point here. The ranks of Israel isn't you. 
The ranks of Israel. Sometimes churches just fall into the ranks. You guys should not fall into the ranks. You're not the ranks of Israel. You're the armies of the living God. You're the army of the living God. But here, Goliath is shouting at the ranks. They all look alike. They're all the same height. There's no giants out there. He's actually calling for a giant to come out. But there are no giants. It's just the ranks of Israel. See? And so David comes along and he hears it. If we jump down to verse 23, it says this. As, as uh, David, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and he shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. And when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. And this is what we do. Anytime there's a mountain, anytime there's a problem, anytime there's an insurmountable object, we run from it in great fear. And we begin to uh, recount all the different things and the reasons why we need to run or the reasons why it cannot be defeated. And they said this. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He keeps coming out. And I'm telling you something, nothing can stop him from coming out. He just continually comes out, and every time I turn around, he's coming out. This giant will not stop. It's like an unstoppable thing, and I'm just attributing all these qualities and these attributes to this thing that will be unstoppable. He's an immovable problem in our family and in my life and in my neighborhood and in my workplace, the economy. It's an insurmountable thing. I'll tell you what, I don't care how the economy is doing, you're a giant, you stand out. You stand out, amen? You just, you just need to tell the Lord, hey, I'm the one who is in your economy, God. But it's an insurmountable economy. It's, everybody's losing their job. I work at the car factory. They're getting all the cars shipped over to China. Oh, no. He keeps coming out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him, and he'll also give him his daughter in marriage. And, and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. What's so awesome? When you kill the giant, your whole family benefits. I don't have time to get into this, but I want you to know, you kill the giant, your whole family benefits from, from the person who kills the giant. Can you say amen? Plus you get the girl. And then it goes on. It says, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Look at how David's talking about this guy. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the way I like how this works is Goliath steps out and he he says, I want you, you guy. And David hears what he's saying and he he turns away from Goliath and he starts talking to the guys next to him. Who's this guy? Now, if you notice in this verse here, he doesn't say this giant. See, ordinarily, what, we, what people would do is like, who is this giant? David doesn't do that. David, David turns to the people next to him. Who's this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine disgrace? He doesn't even mention the fact that he's a giant. David doesn't even mention the fact that he's a giant. Who is this uncircumcised? He is uncircumcised. He's uncivilized. He should not be in our company. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. He's a Philistine, and he's a disgrace. He should not be around. Who's going to knock this guy out? What's so interesting about this fight, if you go to the end of the fight, 
it, it takes longer to list Goliath's accomplishments and who he is than it takes for David to knock him out. David knocks him out in 10 seconds. Before, they, before Bruce Buffer can ever even get done, you know. He has a bronze helmet. Boom. Oh, hold on a second. I'm not even done. Can you imagine Bruce Buffer turns, and in this corner, where's the guy? It's me. You. You're a boy. You're a boy. David's like, yeah, but you don't know this boy. Amen. I killed the, I killed the lion and the bear. This guy is going down. You know, well, what do you do? What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your style? I'm a shepherd, you know, and in this corner, David, the shepherd boy, doesn't know anything about him. Doesn't know what, how big his shield is, how much his armor weighs, doesn't know anything about him, just knows, hey, it's David, the shepherd boy, who says, there's no, what's so awesome about this picture is everybody in the Philistine army, when, when David and Goliath lined up, everybody in the Philistine army knew Goliath was going to win. Everybody in the Israelite army knew Goliath was going to win. Saul thought Goliath was going to win. Right? He even, I think he was thinking to himself, let him go. Send, give him some red meat. Maybe they'll go away, you know. We'll see you next spring. But David knew he was going to win. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. You need to know in your heart, amen, what you think. Can you say amen? Whatever stuff you've been through in your past has served now to add to who it is you are and why it is you can get into this fight and win. Amen? All the things the devil meant for evil, God will turn around to work for good in your life. All the stuff that happened to you, let me tell you something, God will use that to make you stronger as you go forward in God. Can you say amen? I want to give you three quick things before we close. And number one, get around people other people of faith. You can't hang around other people who are constantly afraid and constantly fearful and constantly touting why all these things are insurmountable. Before you know it, people are going to tell you why depression is undefeatable, why addiction is undefeatable, why poverty is undefeatable, why pornography is undefeatable. All these different things. If you get around people that are going to tout how big the giant is, you're going to start to think that as well. You need to get around other giants who who talk about the things of God. Amen? Like we're the ones who win. I pray this church is filled with giant, amen, thinkers, giant faith. And then secondly... See the problems for what they really are. All right? Don't, don't make your problems into giants because they're not giants. They're able to be defeated. People that have gone before you have seen them defeated. There's been many great churches that have gone before this church that have done great things for God. I want you to know, amen? amen. Don't make problems the giants. You're the giant. You're the giant. You're with God. Amen? This thing is not... in indestructible, depression, suicide, loneliness, anger, lust, divorce, poverty, addiction. These are not the giants. Amen. These are the things that God comes along and says, I'm going to, I'm going to slay this thing in your life and you're going to go on with a testimony. 
And it's going to bless you and your whole family. And then finally, I want to say this. Be a part of something giant. You need to be a part of Don't just be in the ranks of Israel. You know, just coming to church, just pu- punching your card in church. That's being a part of the ranks. You're not part of the ranks. You're a giant. Come and be a part of something that's giant. Take a giant part in something that's giant. You know, I was, I'm going to close with this. But I was, I was uh, in my yard. I have, some, I have some trees that got diseased, right? And they're big, giant trees in my yard. But I saw these little branches, small twigs and, and branches, falling down into the yard. Can I tell you something? It's the young branches that fall first. You might see a big branch up there. I'll tell you something. That thing is not healthy. You might see this big, giant trunk, but that thing is not healthy. Young people are attracted to something that's giant. You will lose the young people in a church that has no risk. It has no, it has no fight. It's not looking for a battle. It's not looking to uh, administer justice. There's no faith. There's no risk-taking. Young people will not be attracted to that, and you will see them fall. I'll tell you, you, you can look at some big churches, big churches that have no young people. Guess what? The big branches are dead, too. It's just that the little ones didn't hang around. The first little wind came along. They said, you know something? We're out of here. You can see a big, big church. It has a big, giant trunk, but there's no young people in it. I want you to know, and I want to speak to the moms and the dads here. You want your kids to be radical for God? You've got to plug into something giant. You've got to plug into something giant. Don't do something little for the Lord. I look at uh, your television program. I pray... You should have three or four or five unbelievably quality cameras with these beautiful lenses on them that feed back to a suite that you can, uh, that you can go from camera to camera live. Your lighting, you know, your lighting might cost $50,000. But you know something, guys? You're giants. Don't let somebody else do that thing. You do it. You do it. Get the right lighting in this building. Get the right cameras. And then, can I just talk to the camera operators? Because you're out there. You're out there. Don't be, don't be bad camera operators. I don't know. He walks all over the place. I can't catch up with... You need to learn. You need to learn how to run a camera. You need to be an expert. You ever see these guys that, are, that, that do football games? It's unbelievable. The guy... I mean, you know, uh, Eli Manning throws this wobbly pass through the air. No one can catch it. Not even Odell Beckham can catch the ball. But the cameraman is right on it, zoomed in. You can see the threads on the football. These guys are good. We don't have that in church. They're the giants. They're the New York giants. They're the giants of TV. No, no, no. We're the giants. We're the giants. Can you say amen? Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.